Hello, everyone, and welcome to the National CMB Foundation's podcast. My name is Kalia Fleming. I'm the executive director of the National CMB Foundation and welcome you to today's session. Congenital cytomegalovirus or CMV infection is arguably the most common preventable cause of neonatal disability in the U.S., affecting more than approximately 30,000 children per year. The National CMV Foundation is dedicated to educating women and their families particularly women of childbearing age, about congenital CMV. And our podcast series highlights advocacy, education, industry, and scientific innovation and advances in the CMV space, bringing congenital cytomegalovirus to the forefront of the conversation, which is key and critical, especially during these times. This podcast is brought to you today by one of our dearest partners, Moderna. Moderna's mission is to deliver on the promise of mRNA science to create new generation of transformative medicines for patients. So we are super excited and happy for their support today. I am joined today by my amazing co-host, CMV volunteer, Shane Gaffney, as well as a CMV parent advocate. Um, so thank you, Shane, for joining me today to co-host this session. And today we have the privilege of chatting with Kayla Keenan, Executive Director of CMV Canada. Welcome, Kayla. Hi, thank you so much for having me on this morning. Thank you for joining us. And so we're going to go ahead and kick in and get started. And could you please start by telling everyone listening in, introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to be within the CMV space. Sure. So I started with CMV Canada uh, back in January. And I think Kalia, you and I have probably told this story about 50 times now, but I think we actually started on the very same day, um, which was kind of fun to have someone, you know, throwing, being thrown in there with somebody. Um, but previous to that, I had always worked with different nonprofits, um, United Way, Ronald McDonald House, and I really kind of fell in love for, for nonprofit work. And in my last position with Ronald McDonald House, I guess that was kind of my introduction into working with families of children with um, different diseases or disabilities. And uh, it was a very eye-opening experience. Um, and then when I saw that there was a position opening up uh, for the executive director of CMV Canada, I absolutely jumped on it. And um, it's just, it's been kind of a whirlwind ever since. Um, definitely still relatively new within the CMV space, um, learning more every single day, but um, it's been a wonderful experience and it's, it's so motivating to get to work with the incredible parents and policymakers and uh, healthcare practitioners that we get to work with every day. So um, it's just been an amazing experience and I'm so excited to to learn more and to be here chatting with you guys today. Have you heard of uh, CMV before you joined CMV Canada? I had heard of it, but I really had no idea what it was. I definitely had no idea the prevalence, um, right. how many children are affected, the wide range of effects. Um, I really didn't know much at all. Um, so it's, it was a steep learning curve yeah. um, and it was, yeah, it's just, it's amazing to learn how prevalent, how many families are impacted and then how few people have heard of it. Even now, when I tell people, friends and family back home, what I'm doing, no one really knows what CMV is. And I mm -hmm. think that's a big part of the problem. That's part of why we're all here today. Right. I think there's a lot of work to be done. I think a lot of progress is being made, um, but it's definitely motivating when, when you realize how much how much is still left to to do yeah i love your answer um when when asked had you heard of cmv before cmv before excuse me it sounds like the rest of us it's kind of like a smedium right like eh, 
maybe a little bit, not sure. But then you get in the thick of it and you're like, yeah, absolutely not. So what you said is critical. There's quite a bit of work to be done. It's actually a good segue. Um, just talk to us briefly about maybe the history of CNV Canada and then maybe about some of the things you guys are trying to increase awareness and education. Absolutely. So um, the foundation was created by a couple, Rob and Michelle Petro, who are, they are living in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Their son was born, uh, their first son was born back in 2008 at Exxon. And at that time, like many of us, they had never heard of cytomegalovirus. Mm -hmm. um, they actually got a diagnosis. It was kind of a fluke. Michelle ended up going, uh, I think, almost two weeks over her due date. So she ended up going for a very late ultrasound. And at that time, they noticed a few things, I think echogenic bowel. And because of that, he was tested right away at birth at a time when babies weren't being tested regularly. So they were very fortunate. They caught it early. They had the option to treat. They treated him with um, gancyclovir. This was back in the days before valgancyclovir, so it wasn't uh, given orally. It was done through a pick line, so um, a lot more invasive. And it was really difficult for them to, to watch him go through all that. But, um, I mean, he's a success story. Today, he's doing exceptionally well. He's a really cool kid. I've had the pleasure of meeting him. And um, they were just so motivated. They like us, we're wondering, you know, why have we never heard of this? Why has no one heard of this? And so they they kind of made a promise at that time that they were going to do something about CMV. Um, so flash forward a few years in 2013, Rob and one of his good friends, um, they wanted to raise money. So they created this fundraising event, La Classic. And in a very Canadian fashion, it's an outdoor ball hockey tournament. And in that first year, they raised about $7,000. Um, and then they quickly realized there was, you know, no foundation in Canada that was already created that was dedicated to CMV. So they founded the Canadian CMV Foundation. And ever since then, um, Rob and Michelle and their friends have been working tirelessly, volunteering their time to raise awareness, to raise funds, um, to advocate for change. And this past year in 2020, Le Classic, that fundraising event, we raised over $100,000. Um, Which so is the, awesome, by the way. Kudos to yeah. that. Thank you. Yeah, it was amazing. So it's incredible to see how far it's come, the growth that's happened. And um, a lot of that is because of Rob and Michelle and their passion and, and dedication. And um, yeah, it's, it's really cool to see how far it's come. But so today, um, CMV Canada kind of has four pillars. So one, we focus on raising awareness. So at the community level and also with medical professionals. So we help to develop educational materials. We do some online awareness campaigns. We work with parents um, and different uh, organizations within the medical space. Uh, we focus on supporting the CMD community. So connecting parents with local resources, making sure parents have a voice. We have a parent advisory committee and we're trying to right now establish a kind of subcommittee so that we have representation in every province. Um, we also focus on funding relevant and innovative research. So making sure that all of those dollars raised are put to good use to help find um, you know, different treatment options, to find research in vaccine development, mm -hmm. um, and finally advocating for change. So really focusing on establishing screening protocols across the board, across Canada. Um, so those are kind of the, the four pillars that 
all of our efforts focus on. Awesome. And thank you for clarifying that. And that's that really sets the stage for my next question, which is um, you have some key programming that's recently taken off that I would love to have you elaborate a bit more on. Um, tell us a little bit more about the newborn screening work going on in Ontario. And then I know you all have launched a live cast um, webinar series, um, kind of a spinoff from the CMV conference. And so share a little bit more, share a little bit more with listeners about those projects. Yeah, so I guess starting with the advocacy piece first, um, we're really excited about some of the progress that is being made in Canada. First off in 2017, the province of Manitoba, where Rob and Michelle live, they um, implemented a targeted screening protocol. So whenever a baby fails their newborn hearing screen, they're automatically tested for CMV. Um, and that's 100% because of Rob and Michelle and their efforts and you know, Rob started going around, pounding on tables, saying enough is enough. There's absolutely no reason why we shouldn't be doing this. Sure. This should be standard of care across the board. And he got it done. And then more recently, like you mentioned, Ontario um, in 2019, they became the first province and in fact, the first jurisdiction in the world to implement universal CMV screening. So every single baby that's born in the province is now tested for CMV. And that's done through the dried blood spot. Um, and mm -hmm. they were able to get that accomplished in partnership mm -hmm. with their expanded newborn hearing screening. Um, so one of the things that we found in our advocacy work is that seems to be the way to go is to do it kind of in partnership or to tack it on mm -hmm. with the right. newborn hearing yeah. screening programs. Um, but they've had a lot of success with that. Um, we had a great presentation. We did a webinar series at the end of August in partnership with the CMV Public Health and Policy Conference. And we had Dr. Pranesh Chakraborty who was kind of the head of that initiative, getting the CMV screening protocols in place in Ontario. He did a whole presentation about what that process was like and, and kind of the successes and challenges that they've had with that program to date. Um, but all in all, it, it's amazing that it's, that it's being done. And um, we're working on the other provinces now. So we're working in Manitoba to get a universal screening bill passed. Um, hopefully we'll have some exciting news by the end of 2020. We're remaining uh, kind of cautiously optimistic, of course, mm -hmm. with COVID, things have kind of slowed down a bit, but um, things are progressing well. And we've had great meetings with provinces of Alberta, the Ministry of Health there, Alberta Health Services, and uh, we've made some initial contacts with other provinces. So um, a lot of progress being made there in the realm of advocacy and screening. And then, like you mentioned, the CMB Public Health and Policy Conference. So we were initially supposed to be hosting the conference in Ottawa this summer. Um, we were really excited. It was going to be the first time this conference was ever held in Canada. Um, but of course, like with so many other things, 2020 and COVID had other plans. So we had to make some tough decisions and ultimately decided to postpone the conference. So we're remaining, again, cautiously optimistic that we'll get to host it in the summer of 2021. But in the meantime, we hosted a webinar series in lieu um, the last week of August in partnership with NCHAM. And now CMV Canada, we've just started this series last week. Um, we're doing bi-weekly presentations. So a lot of the folks who had submitted abstracts for the conference, um, we're giving them a platform to deliver these completely free online presentations. They're presented live um, on our Facebook page and YouTube channels. So those will be happening every second Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern, um, 
running right through till the end of February. So it's an opportunity to kind of keep the public engaged and up to date on all of the latest in research and advocacy and policy. Um, the presentations, we have a really good mix of kind of scientific research and then policy and advocacy side. Um, we're really excited. Actually, next week we have a group from National CMD Foundation. So we have Amanda and Kim who will be delivering um, a presentation about spreading CMV awareness, how you can get involved in your community. So we're really excited for that. Um, and that'll be continuing, like I said, throughout the month of February. And those are all really good. I've watched many of those. So I was obviously bummed I wasn't there in person this year, but hopefully we'll get together next year altogether. But yeah, they're all great. Really, really, really good stuff. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well. Um, that would have been my first time in Canada. So I was really, really, really excited <laughs> looking forward to it. Um, so you had mentioned COVID and, you know, optimistically cautious. I love the way you phrase that. I'm going to steal that. Um, you know, we just don't know what's going to happen. We take everything day by day, do the best we can with what we have. Um, talk to us a little bit about how you all have projected programming or adjusted programming to address COVID. Obviously, in-person interactions have been limited. Um, and so what are you doing outside of that to continue the work of CMB Canada, taking COVID into account? Yeah, so I think a lot of it has been trying to bring things online. So like with the conference, bring these materials, these presentations um, to a digital format. So we've been trying to do a lot of video, live interviews, uh, making sure that it's free and accessible to everybody. So in terms of awareness, um, we're really focusing on social media, putting things out on YouTube, on our website, because that's, you know, realistically, that's where people are spending a lot of their time right now is online. Right. So yep. trying to make sure we're just constantly putting out content. Um, we're developing different, different educational materials um, with partners like the SOGC here in Canada, the Society of Obstetricians and Gynecologists of Canada. So we've kind of collaborated with them to come up with some different infographics um, and just trying to get that information and spread the word as much as possible. Um, in terms of advocacy, I mean, there's no doubt there have been setbacks, things have been slowed down, um, health authorities and governments, they've had to reallocate funds, time, energy. So like I mentioned previously, we had a really great meeting in Alberta. I think it was March 5th um, and they were all primed, ready to go. And then of course the next week it was just total shutdown. So um, things are moving a bit slower than we'd like, but our strategy there is just to let them know we're still here. Like CMV is not going anywhere. And unfortunately in the meantime, a lot of babies are being missed and they're not receiving what we believe should be standard of care. So we're just letting them know we're still here, we're not going anywhere, making sure that parents' voices are still being heard and um, you know, still coordinating with the medical professionals in the field locally, making sure that once those decision makers are ready to kind of meet with us again, that we have everything in place, we have a really solid strategy and we have people on the ground who are willing to do the work to make screening happen. Um, so we're just, we're staying at it. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's hard not to get discouraged sometimes right now, but we have to just keep moving. And it's funny, like in the world of COVID, obviously there are a lot of negative consequences, but in the field of CMV, I think there are potentially some positive consequences too. So for example, in the realm of prevention, you know, just the fact that people are focusing on wearing masks, washing hands, staying home more often, 
in theory, we should see a reduction in infection. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, I don't know if anyone's collecting data on that right now, but it'll be interesting to see in the coming months or years if, if infections will go down. And beyond that too, I think people are more aware of infectious disease. People are kind of more primed on the terminology. They're more informed about you know, the importance of prevention. So I think it's also a good time. At the start, I felt like people didn't really wanna be talking about another virus, but I feel like we can kind of capitalize on this time and we have people's attention. People are talking, people are interested in infectious disease. So in a way, I think it is a good time to be focusing on awareness and, and getting our messages out there. Yeah, I think it's been a good year to definitely realize the importance of public health. Right. You know, because not that it wasn't important before, but this definitely thrust it into the limelight as it should have been all along. And I've heard I've heard both kind of both sides of the coin where one side of the coin says we should see a decrease in transmission because of hand washing. But I've also heard that we may see an increase because kids are home a lot more often, especially toddlers home from daycare. Um, so that just exposes the mothers a lot more frequently than it would be otherwise. But I guess time will tell. I'm hoping obviously for the former, for a decrease, not for an increase, but it'll be interesting to see what actually happens and what turns out to be. Yeah, that's all we can do and continue to partner and collaborate and work together, which we've done um, in our short um, time together, both in this role as ED and with our respective organizations. Um, we've seen the impact and significance of partnerships. We obviously can do more um, when we have all hands on deck and our partners working alongside with us for the same common goal to achieve the same common goal. Um, what are your thoughts on partnership during the era of COVID? Um, you know, we collaborated on a very successful CMB Awareness Month. Um, how critical in your own words is partnership in the area of COVID for rare disease organizations? I think it's absolutely essential in the world we're living in and particularly in the realm of, of rare disease and in the era of COVID. I mean, I think like you touched on, ultimately we're all fighting for the same things. We all want the same outcomes. We all want you know, to raise awareness, to implement real change and, and ultimately to save lives. And I think the only way we're going to get there is by working together. So um, really, I have to say a huge thank you to National CMB Foundation has been um, a huge catalyst in that. And Kalia in particular, I know you've been a driving force. So your leadership there has been um, so, so appreciated. And um, it really makes the world of difference. Like I said, I think it's the only way we're going to affect real change. We can't be working in silos. We can't be, right, right. you know, I think there used to be this opinion that like in nonprofits are kind of like competing for donor dollars or attention, but I don't think it has to be that way. And I think if we if we work together, we're all going to get ahead. So I really have to say a huge thank you to you all for your leadership there because it's been, it's been I know it's been very helpful for me along the way as I'm kind of making my way, getting, navigating through this world of, of CMV and COVID and everything and knowing, even just knowing that there are other organizations who are going through the same thing and being able to share best practices and experiences. It's been, uh, it's been really helpful. Oh, thank you. You are too, too kind. Um, and I used to always say, and I still say it, unfortunately, there's enough disease to go around where there's no need to compete. We all have our respective work to do. So thank you so much for your kind words. We so appreciative of your partnership. You all are awesome and we're 
Super grateful to have you all on board. Can I go back for a minute? I want to talk a little bit about the, I guess, interesting observation I saw with the board of CNV Canada. And I guess the overall website was all male. And then if you compare that to the National CV Foundation, it's pretty much all female. So just wondering if you had any, um, any, I guess, introspection, I guess you want to call that on why that difference is. And if you guys do anything differently in Canada or if the culture is different in Canada where dads are more involved compared to the U.S. Yeah, it's funny. And it's something that we've kind of talked about internally. I'm not really sure why we have so many passionate, amazing dads. I mean, one thing I can say is our president and founder, really the face of the organization for the longest time has been Rob, and he is a really passionate dad. So I don't know if maybe that has, you know, kind of attracted other dads or when they see, I don't know, a dad out there making noise and trying to get things done, maybe it's motivating. Um, we do have a few great moms, but it's really overwhelming the amount of dedicated dads that we have. And uh, I wish I had a better answer. I don't know exactly why that is, um, but it's it's really cool to see. And um, it's really fun to work with them and, and they're getting things done. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting just because we're trying to get more dads involved in the US at the National Foundation. And just wondering if you guys had any you know, kind of best practices, but. Yeah, I think oftentimes when we talk about these, these types of like CMB in particular, a lot of the messaging is obviously directed to moms, to pregnant mm -hmm. women. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know if that, you know, maybe is part of why it attracts more, more moms to get involved or if it's just hearing from more dads. I mean, we, Rob's always out there talking about his experience as a dad and we've been fortunate to be able to feature a lot of dads, um, you know, across the country. So maybe hearing, hearing from other dads is motivating. I'm not sure, but yeah. It's been and we have um, recruited two amazing new dads, Shane and Somatis, um, to serve as our community alliance chair is one in New Hampshire, Shane, and then the other in Alabama. And so I'm really hoping that with these amazing dads on board, we'll be able to do that, um, be able to really reach certain subgroups of populations or in the community to really try to plan relevant programming for CMV dads or CMV dad caregivers, male caregivers, um, to make sure we bring them in the fold and continue to let their voices be heard. So. I also want to go back to Le Classique or Le Classique. I think it's Classique, though, if I'm saying that right. So obviously it was this is the seventh year of the event now. Is that correct? Um, we're, this was the seventh. Yes, we're going on okay. the. So seven the, years, you went from 7,000 to 101,000. So what is the what's the trick there? Do you have any insight on that? Because there's a lot of obviously parents and the national and the national foundation are trying to do fundraisers and make them as successful as possible too and obviously there's something to learn i think there where you've you know you've increased fundraising by a tremendous amount so again anything you can kind of pass along i think would be great there too yeah so i mean i i've only jumped in this past year but right. i know again having rob who's kind of someone who's well known within his community um planning that out and and knowing knowing the community of Winnipeg like Winnipeg loves hockey so organizing yeah. a big hockey tournament makes sense I um, mean it's something where 
you know, friends are able to recruit other friends. Um, so we've had an increase in team registrations, the number of teams who have wanted to participate. And um, I guess just as the profile, CMB Canada's profile was raised, a lot of those dollars come from corporate sponsors. So we do make a good portion of those dollars from team registrations and on-site activities, but um, the majority do come from corporate sponsors. So mm -hmm. leveraging our national partners, but it's really a local effort. Mm -hmm. um, so knowing that community that you're in, what works, you know, Le Classic works really well in Winnipeg, but it might not work in another region. So as we're looking at developing different fundraising events for each reason, region, I think you really have to consider like that community, what the people that the people they are involved, what the parents, uh, you know, what are their passions? Because it, I don't know, it happened to work really well there. But um, and I think just getting getting the word out there as much as possible. We get in the media every opportunity we can. I know yeah. Rob's always willing to talk it up. And, yep. you know, we've done TV interviews, radio, get out there. And, um, yeah, it's just it's grown organically. And it's just really cool to see how far it's come. Do you serve a lot of uh, French fries with gravy? And she's <laughs> there. Poutine. There was some poutine, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what that is, Kalia? No, but it sounds amazing. Oh you had so. me at French fries and gravy, <laughs> so it's amazing. I will when we when we come up there. Okay, hopefully the outside will open and we'll be able to travel. Um, please, please we're make gonna, sure I try that. We're gonna crush poutine. We're all you. <laughs> it sounds amazing, so I'm all for it. <laughs> And now, yeah. since we're on events, do you have any uh, upcoming events or activities planned for the rest of the year? So really right now, the only big event that we have is that live cast series that we're doing yep. in partnership with the CMV Public Health and Policy Conference. So again, people can tune in every other Wednesday. And um, the next one is coming up this coming week. So September 30th. Um, they're always at 12 p.m. Eastern time. It's only 30 minutes. It's just a quick quick presentation, just enough to give you a taste of what you can expect at the conference next summer. Mm -hmm. um, we're really excited again for next week's presentation, of course, Amanda and Kim from National CMV Foundation. I'm really interested to see, see the presentation that they deliver because I think the work that you guys have done in terms of um, spreading CMV awareness and it's at a grassroots level, getting parents involved all across the country, you guys have had such amazing success with that. So I think we have a lot to learn about what you all have done. And so I'm really interested to see to see what comes out of that. But then we'll have amazing presentations every other week as well. So people can tune in on uh, Facebook or YouTube. And it's CMV Canada is the handle on both channels. Yes. Right. Good. Yeah. yeah, so search CMV Canada. Yeah, we're super excited to tune in and thank you for offering that opportunity to us. Um, I know we have a few presentations lined up with you all as that series unfolds. So thank you so much for that. Um, Thank you for sharing your handles. I was going to ask where can folks tune in to find you all, but you've already shared that. So Shane, any closing thoughts or remarks? No, it's just interesting. I'll definitely look forward to meeting everybody in person next year, ideally. And then I'll definitely be tuning into all those upcoming presentations because they're all great. Awesome. Yeah, we're really looking forward to meeting you, you guys as well in person and um, you know, Kalia, you'll be doing a presentation with us, I think, the first week of March. So looking forward to that as well. And I'm sure we'll all be in touch in the in the coming months, like we said, working together. It's, it's the way we're going to get it all done. So I just, again, I want to 
reiterate how much we appreciate your leadership and your partnership and um, we just love working with you guys and it's exciting it's been it's been a tough year for sure but I think a lot of good has come out of it as well and I'm I'm excited to see what comes out of you know the next next few months yep awesome good stuff Thank you so much. Uh, we have the privilege of chatting with Kayla Keenan, Executive Director from CMB Canada. So for all of our listeners listening in, please make sure you stay tuned to their social media channels to keep up to date and abreast of their upcoming activities and events. And with that, we thank everyone for their time and stay tuned for next month's podcast.